Hey everybody, I'm Peter, and if I switched around the letters in my name like Matt Martin to create a Star Wars character, I would be named Pierre Gott. That's three E's and three T's. Just how it worked out. He's back from baby Ewok duty. It's Mike. And welcome to Rebels Rebels. Yeah, I've been gone for a little while. Um, Not trying to screw up a human. (laughs) Um, Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode-by-episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series, Star Wars Rebels. Nice. First of all, how's little uh, Notlewitzki Papanoida? Uh, Nice try. How's your Pollock says what index? Thanks for asking. (laughs) I have no idea what you just said to me. I just assumed you'd name your baby after a Star Wars character, and that was the weirdest name I could find. No, we named our baby after an et character and i'm not making that up <laughs> that's tight it's elliot and literally legitimately we got it from et oh that's fun yeah so we also as a very special special surprise it's a guest episode so our guest today is an accomplished musician podcaster he's the drummer for motion city soundtrack tiny stills don't stop or will die he's also the creator of cloud city soundtrack which I am a huge fan of. I was and my personal favorite. A new podcast that I am really enjoying called Bizarre Albums. It's Tony Thaxton. What's up, Tony? Hello. I'm a very special surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you can just introduce. That's at the top of your Wikipedia page now. Yes. A very special surprise. That is, uh, yeah. Every time I get home, <laughs> I, I say that to my wife, like a special surprise is here. <laughs> <laughs> He must be so disappointed every time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> believe you. me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, no, but thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. Glad to be here. I, uh, I'm looking at my notes and I, I wrote something down and Mike wrote, LOL, don't. Because yeah, I wanted yeah. to I just out a little the, bit. I, I poked through your notes and I saw that. I mean, go ahead, Peter. <laughs> I just now now I got to know what it said. I know. Um, I played in a I played in a very very crappy band for a while, but we did play one date of Warp Tour, and for some reason that came up in conversation recently. And I looked up the date; it was the 2006 Warp Tour in San Francisco, which okay. yeah, you we played been there, as well. I think, yeah, so we technically played a show together. There you go. It's good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long long friends. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I, we lost touch after all these years. Yeah, it's oh. good to finally reconnect. <laughs> I love reaching for connections. It's my favorite yeah. thing. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we have a birthday. Our birthday's the same date. <laughs> I I say that I I put that note on there, Pete, because recently someone at um I switched desks at work, so I'm making a mm-hmm. bunch of new friends, and um legitimately that was someone's connection to me was we have the same birthday, and it they they believed it was this thing that really connected us, and it's been such an awkward experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Okay, that's awkward. Awkward, awkward's kind of my thing. So hey, awesome. You're in good company. Perfect. Sweet. <laughs> so I am ready to just jump into this. Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. Tony, are you? Uh if you could give me like maybe mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes. Yep. Uh, yep. A just, special just surprise. Collect my thoughts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
All right. Before we jump in, let's mix up a quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode six or seven. 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 Uh, Those first two episodes always throw me. Of season three. Um, This is the Iron Squadron. So here's a quick recap. En route to aid an evacuation, the ghost crew encounter an Imperial unit on the tail of a small rebel freighter who identifies itself as Iron Squadron. Commander Sato reveals to the rebels that Iron Squadron used to be led by his brother, but he was sadly killed in combat, leaving the squadron under the leadership of headstrong, his headstrong nephew, Mart. It's not Mark or Mort. That's Mart. <laughs> Took me a while. While the rest of the crew evacuates the dissonance, Ezra and Sabine board Iron Squadron's ship and meet Mart and his crew. Ezra and Sabine soon learn that their hyperspace drive is inoperable. Unknowns to all, Thrawn has learned of Iron Squadron's existence and sends in a larger force. Ezra and Sabine and Mart's crew flee while Mart stays behind to try to fight the Imperials, but his freighter is disabled and rigged with an Imperial mine. The ghost crew and Commander Sato return fully aware of the Imperial-laid trap, disable the mine, rescue Mart, and escape. Now safe, Mart and his friends join the rebels. I giggle every time you say Mart. I I know we're going to get into it, so I want to unpack it because I'm sure we all have things to say about yeah. Mart. Um, so how we like to do it here in Rebels, I'm going to throw out a quick theme and then let's just all jump in and freeform, just start to dissect this episode. But here's my thought on what the theme of this episode may be. It's about, to me, reflection. So, yeah, it's pretty simple, but the episode enumerates moments and characters that are reflective of who the ghost crew once was and is, I think, meant to show us how far they've come, both emotionally, mentally, and strategically. I think the two most obvious reflections of Selva's past, we see are Ezra and Sabine because they were once like this. Uh, They were once kids, and not a few seasons ago were they impetuous, hard-headed, and all too eager to make mistakes, like... Iron Squadron. I think Zeb hits it a little too on the head in his very transparent exchange with (laughs) Kanan, who says, it sounds like a kid. And Zeb replies, more like a ship full of Ezra's. You can almost hear the writers penning the line in real time. Um, (laughs) And lastly, even Mart's haircut looks like an Ezra Lego piece swap. I'll stop there. Let us unpack the theme as we chat about this episode. But there it is. Reflections. Great. So, yeah, let's first start with Mart Matten, which is very hard for me to say. Um, are any of you aware of where that name came from? I am. Yeah, I I actually I wasn't sure, like, you know, how how nerdy and in-depth you guys. Oh, not very references. nerdy or to death. Oh, <laughs> I'm just joking. And uh, so, yeah, I thought I was like going to be coming in with some like hot info for you guys. <laughs> and then like right off right out of the gate, you you threw it out there. So, I'm like, yeah, All that's right, what well, I like I... to do. Submarine our guests. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I got nothing. Yeah. I, uh, a, f- a friend of mine, I've I've never met Matt Martin, but I, I know mm-hmm. I know people who do know him. And then that was that was uh, told to me through a friend of, of his. And, uh, and yeah, so I thought I was like coming in with some hot secret information and now I got nothing. So I'm going to just sit silently. Go ahead, carry on. (laughs) Well, what we're referencing to before we get into the character of Mart is Matt Martin is one of the people who was a producer 
on Rebels Recon, and he helped create the Star Wars show, and now he's part of the Lucasfilm Story Group. So this episode is littered with people that are involved with the Star Wars show and Rebels Recon. I'll be saying, oh, this guy was named after this, like, five times. But mm. Matt Martin has been translated to Mart Matten. I didn't know that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I'd actually, I'd kind of be offended if I were Matt in this situation, because Mart's kind of a doofus. <laughs> I would take, no, no, I would take anything. If I was going to be canonized, I'll take it. Like, I, it doesn't matter. You guys, can I blow your minds right now? Are you yes. canonized? Yes. I what? Am. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, I have to take any opportunity I can to share this story oh, of because course. No, this what is the perfect. greatest things that's Absolutely. ever happened. Absolutely. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So I have a couple of friends uh, that are writers. Their names are Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Oh, Ooh. never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is ridiculous that that is their real names. No. Uh, oh, no. That was a joke. Yeah. I'm yes. actually a big fan of theirs. They're yeah. Awesome. No, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> well, it's just, it is a thing. Like, if people are not familiar, they're like, wait, that's not totally. really their names. But yes, it's it really is. Names. Yeah. Um, and a couple of years ago, they wrote a Star Wars book called Join the Resistance. There's actually a series that they wrote, but the, oh, yeah. the, the first one uh, is just called Join the Resistance. And um, they ended up naming a bunch of things after just a, a lot of their friends. And uh, one of the things that they did in that book uh, is... There is a bird in the book that has a uh, symbiotic relationship with the Sarlacc, uh, and they named that bird the Duns Thaxton. Holy crap. Yeah. Come on, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, cha- they changed the spelling of Thaxton a little bit, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I'm trying I'd to look it. this up. Is there like a Wikipedia? Oh, yeah, on it's it? on Wikipedia. Oh, but it's, I just it's, found it. Yeah, that's so sick. D-U-N-S-T-H-E. A C K S T O N. A non sentient species of bird that could be found in the swamps of Vodran. Wow. This is fantastic. Congratulations. You made it. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, in, that's making it. By all means, that's better than a gold album. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the, 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 um, the capper on it all then was because this is the other thing that I have to take any opportunity I can to tell this story. Mm-hmm. is uh, the same day that the book was released, uh, they did a big um, book release party that was a also a variety show at this venue here in town called Largo. And um, so they had a, a bunch of people. Uh, they read some stuff from the books, and then they did some like little like prepared bits, and then there was also a bunch of music in the show and had different people doing songs. And I played drums in the house band that night. And one of the performers on the show was Weird Al, and I got to play oh, The Saga Begins stop. with Weird Al on the same day that I became canon. That is, re- I, 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 I am, I'm fully, you know, prepared to admit I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, so, I'm going to go see him on Friday. I'm so oh, excited. nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I have to miss this one. I'm going to be out of town when he's in L.A. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, like, it's. Like, I don't know how to top that day, you know? Wow. Oh, man. There's so many things about that day that people just that <laughs> people just won't understand. <laughs> I love that there that is such a niche, like, mind blower. Like, it's not going to blow everyone's mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you just like hit us both in our sweet spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I understand. But like I said, I figured any any time I can tell those stories, I have to. And I figured I was in in the right oh, yeah. company wow. for that. So well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you for letting me share. <laughs> well, so Mart Matten, his father is Commander Jun Sato's brother, who he's unnamed. They never name him in any of the canon materials. And he is now left defending his homeworld of Mike Capo from the Empire, who is imposing martial law. And Mike Capo is another thing. He, it's named after Mickey Capofrary. I sure. totally butchered that. Who is an executive producer of Rebels Recon and the Star Wars show. So I get the sense that it was perhaps like a big force at one point, but they were all wiped out, leaving this small bunch of kids with like a broken ship to carry the mantle. Mart seems skilled, but he's obviously quite inexperienced based on his lack of knowledge of what a star destroyer is, which I thought that's was a, actually that's kind one of, of my a good favorite bit. parts. Is everything that's not a star, everything that's not a Tie Fighter, is a star destroyer, and I yeah. love that logic so much. Finally, a star destroyer. No, that's a light cruiser. Star destroyers are six times that big. Yeah, well, prepare for battle anyway. Mart, you can't be serious. Yeah. Um, and let me introduce you to the rest of his crew. We have Guti Torres. Okay. Which yeah, one I want to guess, guess. Does anyone have a guess who that's named after? This one I think people could get. Guti sounds like that big doof. <laughs> no, oh, it's no, it's the Thielen girl. Okay. Is so, Guti. But question, who is Guti the, named after? Oh, oh. the um uh da, 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 the what's is it? Uh Gutier the girl in the Star Wars show. Yep. I'm Andy Gutierrez. Yes, yes. Good one. So, cool. yeah, the host of Rebels Recon and the co-host of the Star Wars show. So, can I pause and talk about Guti for a second? Yeah. Do you remember this movie? And maybe I have the wrong title. Because I love pulling 80s Star movies. Star Wars? Out. Yes. Do you remember Star Wars? <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> no. Uh, Indiana Jones. Do you remember that? No. Do you remember um, Little Monsters with Howie Mandel? Is yes. that what it was called? Yes, that is what it's called. Very weird movie. Messed me up as a child. She looks like Howie Mandel from that movie. Uh, <laughs> I never, I never actually no, no saw one. it, but I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with uh, okay. the, uh, the cover art for the. VHS. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all I've you need. That movie more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> okay, well, that's her, and I couldn't shake it, and I didn't like it. Um, that's yeah. like that's one of my movies. You know, you know how you have those movies that messed you up as a kid. That was one of them. How <laughs> yeah. Mandel? Thank you. <laughs> um so she is Thielen, which we've heard that reference before. I don't know if you remember this, Mike. We're going to poster talk. Boo, 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 boo. We still need a oh, we really I, still need we talk about posters that we see in the background <laughs> so much. It's our favorite hobby. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, we're we trying need to a come up. Song we need it. a five second. We need a five second yeah. <laughs> poster theme. So we've talked about this poster before, but on the ghost, there's a poster for the Miss Thielen beauty pageant. It says Miss Thielen live, a purple, a purple party production coming to a galaxy near you this winter, which raises questions. They have winter in this galaxy. Like is a universal winter. Wow. There's seasons somewhere. Yeah. Like how does Hoth have a winter? The entire thing is like an ice planet. But anyway. I, I have a question about this poster. Not to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go but, for it. Because I, I do not remember noticing this before. <laughs> uh, is this inform- the information that you said that it says, is, mm-hmm. does it actually say that? Or have you, like, found out, like, uh, like, is it written in English? 
No, it's in Arabic. Okay, so you found out yeah. like on the internet or something. Yeah, I found there's. I have a translator. Okay, um, gotcha. So, okay, like I said, detailed, nerdy. We yeah. get in the weeds with this. No, one. no, no. That's that's <laughs> I, I. That's good because I was like, wait, they wouldn't have put it in English on there. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Carry on. I also have a comment, Peter, uh-huh. on this poster. You said that this was it was by the Purple Production. A purple people party production. Okay, so I want to spin off like Mad Men, <laughs> but it's for the purple people party production where it's a bunch of like ad agencies and like show promoters. And we could do Star Wars Mad Men. Yeah. But maybe it's just called the purple people party promoters. And the main character has a Star Wars name, so it's like Drape Donner. Oh, okay, yours is better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win. <laughs> Um, so Thelans, we've actually seen this um, species before, which I didn't realize. They're described as a rare sentient species. Rare. Sounds mm. weird. Yeah. Um, Thelans have three horns on either side of their face, hooved feet, brightly colored hair, and spotted modded skin. They were able to interbreed And they make with- Mike uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> they were able to interbreed with humans to create a hybrid. Sure. So, yeah, sounds like Miss Thielen's pretty sexy. <laughs> um, but Ristal Sant is a notable Thielen yeah. human hybrid. She's the redheaded dancer in Jabba's palace yeah, okay. that dances during Jedi Rocks. All which right. was the first thing that I thought of when I saw her, which immediately made me not very fond of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Added for the special edition. Wasn't in the original cut. Mm, yes. Um, except for I, there is the scene where she's flirting with Boba Fett. Is yeah. that in the original cut? No. Mm. She doesn't uh, exist at all in the yeah. original movie. Like all those char- those dancers were completely created for the special edition. Yep. <sighs> So, yeah, we have seen a Thielen. I didn't put two and two together, but that's who that is. And then last but not least, we have Johnner Jin, who was mm-hmm. named after John Harper, a cameraman, editor, and producer on the Star Wars show. And he, this character is described... Wait, wait, wait. He does what? He's a cameraman, editor, and producer? Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's a lot of from, very uh, different roles. I mean, granted, this is from Wikipedia, so that is what they say, but... That is what it says there. Maybe it's like Good a for him. Soderbergh for him. thing where he just does everything. He's the genius behind the scenes. Cool. Um, but John or Jin is described as the pudgy muscle of Iron Squadron, which is. <laughs> and I best describe him as Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he totally does look like that. <laughs> um, uh, that's all. But I like that they're eating space waffles, which we've talked about before. Tony, yeah. did you realize that is what they were eating in that scene where it, he throws it on the ground? It did make me think of waffles when I saw that. I, I wondered yep. if that was basically what they were supposed to be. Yeah. Yep. Canonically speaking, they have space waffles in Star Wars. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and then we have R3A3, who is an R3 series astromech droid, the one with the cone head. Do any of y'all have opinions? How do you like this droid design? Uh, bad motivator. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with it. It makes me because yeah. I feel like it's it's uh we've kind of seen those before. Like aren't yeah haven't we seen some in the background before yeah. in, in the movies? Yeah, definitely pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'm, there's a, I think we've seen a bunch of like black imperial ones in them in the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm fine with it. I, right. I I am glad because I'm you know spoiler alert at the end of this episode we talk about our overall feelings of this episode as. This episode's pretty bad. This is like a breather episode from the kind of through line of Rebels. Yeah. I'm glad that being said, 
they could have gone so wonky, which feels like they were already kind of doing like, oh, like very whimsical and weird. I'm glad they didn't do something crazy with this droid because I could have seen them being like, well, we'll make it like this droid that's totally pieced together by other droids. And, you know, it's uh, has like cotton candy dispenser. Like they could have given a red arm. Yeah, I didn't notice you. Um, (laughs) So I'm glad they didn't go too wild with the droid. I will say that. Totally. And you brought it up, but I, in my research, I looked up like a bowl, a bunch of old forums from when this episode aired. People really started turning on the show at this point. Um, I think they, they really didn't like Iron Squadron, probably because it was a ship full of Ezra's. <laughs> yeah, which it was season one Ezra's, yeah, which is annoying in season one. Tough. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they were getting tired of Thrawn's games. I think they were really. Kind of, we've seen Thrawn a ton of times so far, like show up at the last minute and then let the good guys go for his larger game. And I think people are just like, where's his teeth? Like, when's he going to do anything? So Uh, people were actually hmm. pretty upset at this point. It doesn't bother me so much. Yeah. Um, Anytime Thrawn can appear, I'm cool with it just because I love his (laughs) organ theme song so much that I'm like, just show him all the time just so I can hear that song. My Cabo has no armed militia or starfighter corps. What resistance is there to be so troublesome? One ship calling themselves the Iron Squadron recently attacked an advanced patrol with the aid of this rebel vessel. Ah, the ghost. They're likely evacuating the Tresoner's inhabitants before we can arrest them. As for this Iron Squadron, very curious. Yeah, which is weird. I, I watched all the episodes and somehow I, like, totally missed that until re-watching this episode earlier. I was like, wait, why don't I remember the organ thing? Yeah. I don't remember it either. I'll be, I, I hundred percent do not remember it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm in that boat too. Yeah. But I, love it, but I really like it. And it's yeah, like, it seems I very like out of place, that. but at the same yeah. time, it's like, all right, I, I can get on board with that. Totally. Sorry, yeah. I wonder if that was shoehorned in or that existed before, because I feel like that's a, a song I would have noticed right away because it's so different. It's just mm-hmm. so out of place, but yeah. And I don't know if it works, but I, I like, like it. it. It reminds me of like an old, like, um, dude, it's Zelda. It's the, it's when yeah. you go to the castle in Hyrule. Totally. Well, I was going to think what's, I forgot the guy's name, but the, who made the old, all the old, like universal monster weird, movies. Like, weird Al. like Oh yeah. Weird Al. <laughs> it's like the old, like Dracula movie, like suspense kind of theme. And which I think kind of fits for Thrawn's character. I like it personally. Yeah, totally. It like, it makes him like seem even more like vampire or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. It's why I like Count Dooku. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. It's a big villain from a bygone era, which I, I'm such a big fan of. <laughs> totally. Um, I did see when I was going through those, um, forums of pretty fun theory that people were starting to circulate that Thrawn was Fulcrum. And that's why they, he keeps letting all the good guys go is because he's a secret double agent. It would um, have been fun, maybe. Yeah, we obviously find out that's not the case, but that could have been fun. I, I will say there's a there's a line in here, not to disrupt your flow, but um, uh, where they say Mart is the best pilot in the galaxy <laughs> when they first meet them. And yeah, my first dumb kids. And before I um, realized his name was Mart and not Mark, like the very <laughs> English Mark. Yeah, I thought they said Mark is the best pilot in the galaxy, and in my notes I wrote that's the most vanilla Star Wars line I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I really want his name to be Mark now, because Mark is. Can we talk about it? It's just not good. It's just not a good name. <laughs> Do you know no. that? Because uh, I learned this a few months ago, and it made me so excited because I, I 
there was a certain name that for a long time I thought was the funniest Star Wars name because it was so not a Star Wars name. But then I learned that uh, uh, the original in a, in a New Hope, um, it is in canon. His name is Bob something. <laughs> uh, do you know who I'm talking? It's like an older guy with like a big mustache. Uh, uh, Bob Hudsel. That is his name. Bob Hudsel. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he's that. like oh in the goodness. in the uh, the Yavin scenes, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's Captain Mustache. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big bushy uh, mustache. Yeah. His name is Bob. Oh my god! I've <laughs> never known so. his name. <laughs> yeah, I learned it a few months ago. It blew my mind. I loved oh how gosh. just not fitting it was. <laughs> Bob and Mart totally <laughs> hanging out. <Yep. laughs> maybe that was his. Maybe that was no. Actually, this is after. Sorry, so I got so excited. <laughs> like, maybe that's the his father who died. <laughs> Bob Hutzel and Mart. <laughs> um, according to Pablo Hidalgo, the idea of this episode goes back to the early scripts of Star Wars, where <laughs> no. yeah, sorry, sorry, I should be so pessimistic about this episode. <laughs> I know it's a weird one. People, yeah, people felt pessimistic about it too. So you're in company, um, but there was going to be a band of kids fighting against the Empire that eventually join up with the Greater Rebellion for the last battle in the original script. But I mean, it is what happens. Well, like, kids, kids, like, like, like these, like, 10, 13-year-olds. Hmm. Yeah. But um, that was cut. So that was kind of one of the things that was influenced. And they also said they were influenced by the movie Red Dawn from 1984. Hmm. Which I haven't seen, but I, I guess... Do not, do, I do not see the Red Dawn influence, but okay. Well, he says it features a group of teenagers defending their home from invading forces in a busted pickup truck. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. So evidently their ship is their busted pickup truck. Mm. Sure. I'm just going to say sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to take your word for it. I will also say that when the door opens to Iron Squadron, like right when it opens, when they board Mm -hmm. to meet them and it goes like, and like the, the one, I forget her name, Goop. Go- what's her name Gooty Gooty okay <laughs> when Gooty is <laughs> that's a terrible name yeah. when she's standing oh. there like leaning against like a cabinet or something like being real cool the first thing I think is like this is like a <laughs> fun house or like a, like oh, a yeah. you know when totally. you go to like Knott's Berry Farms for like there's those Halloween nights like, yeah it's gonna be like one of those things in here oh yeah um so I want to talk a little bit about their ship though, because this is something I do very much appreciate. How do you all like this ship? Uh I don't have super strong feelings either way. I don't I don't <laughs> particularly love it, but I don't dislike it either. Um, right. it's obviously very reminiscent of the Falcon mm-hmm. here and there. Um yeah, that was really my biggest takeaway. It was like, oh, is this... Uh, I, I didn't look up anything about it. Is it supposed to be some sort of, uh, like, sister model of a <laughs> Karelian freighter or something? Yeah, so there's actually a bunch on this. So this is a YT-2400, so it's a little bit newer of a model of a Karelian freighter than the Millennium Falcon, which is a YT-1300. Mm. Um, I personally really like this design. But it has popped up in two notable places before. Um, the first one is it was added for the special edition into A New Hope. You can see it taking off um, from Tatooine when you first get there. And there's like... Oh, interesting. 
stormtroopers kind of riding down the street. And the reason they did that is this is actually one of the first multimedia tie-in Easter eggs in Star Wars history. So this ship appears prominently in the Nintendo 64 game, <gasps> Shadows of the Empire. Uh, so cool. Join Jedi warrior Luke Skywalker, hard charging Chewbacca, and go undercover with heroic pilot Dash Rendar and his booming outrider. But can Han Solo be freed and Shizor be stopped? Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire. Look for the authentic figures and vehicles from Kenner. And so that game was so sick. It follows yeah. Dash Rendar, who is probably my favorite Legends character. And he has this ship, the YT-2400, and it was called the Outrider. And they actually put the Outrider, that ship from the video game, into A New Hope as kind of like a fun tie-in between the video game and the movie. Yeah, I remember hearing that when that happened, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make me like the ship anymore. Kind of with Tony, (laughs) I just feel like ambivalent about it. I'm like, it doesn't stir any feelings in me, positive or negative. Um, But I like Dash Rendar, so that's Yeah. I do have very fun memories of that video game, so it stirs those positive emotions. And I do like this. I like this design a lot. I think it's really cool. Uh, kind of the cockpits off on the side like that. It's a sleeker and more maneuverable um, Corellian freighter, but you get the sense that it's probably a little slower than the, than, uh, the YT-1300s. So you see, I actually like the battle scenes in this. It's kind of cool. You see it maneuvers in kind of a cool way and does like that fun Millennium Falcon swoopy turnaround thing that we see in like uh yeah empire yeah um it does that and but it can also do like kind of barrel rolls and things like that so i thought that was kind of fun to see yeah here's another here's another great line i want to pull up from uh when they come in and uh when they're like you know when they relent and they're like okay we got to get off this ship and go with the rebels i love when they say if mart's not going we're not going (laughs) i don't know I just wrote down a couple lines and that's one of them. I just like yeah. anytime. I think I just like anytime the word Mart is said. <laughs> Mart's the best pilot in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this whole, I don't know. I don't know if you have thoughts about just the theme of the episode or kind of how these, these things broke out. I mean, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Mart and his crew. Um, I feel like just cause we're past that. That's the only reason it's like, who's, I, I don't know. It's it is such a reflection of Ezra to me that it's like mm-hmm. and I it was hard for me to get past Ezra in the first season. And once he started maturing, I'm like, you know, this it's one of the cool things about Rebels is there is such a strong character arc. Mm-hmm. So moving backwards a little bit is just tough for me. And I'm like, I have no sympathy, yeah, for Mart and crew. Totally. I don't I don't want them to join the Rebels. Like this is gonna be <laughs> This would have never happened in Rebels, which I understand because it's a kid's show, fully aware. But it was like, it could have, this is dark. It could have been really interesting if, you know, they the crew left him and Mart's on his own and he actually now has to fight a Star Destroyer, a real one. <laughs> and he, um, he, he dies because it could have shown Ezra's potential path, like his hard-headed, reckless, abandoned the path he was going down and it could have made for this very they would have never done it and i understand i would have never Mm -hmm. done it as a writer of rebels but i'm just saying it could have been an interesting ending to be like oh my god look what i could have been (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but they would they wouldn't do that and i wouldn't do that as a writer of a kid show but so i get it yeah 
Um, I will say that I think, and I think this was the intention of the episode. You brought it up in the theme a little bit is they just wanted to make it very, very clear that Ezra is a different character. So you see it more starkly in comparison to these kids because you see his growth. Um, These kids are season one Ezra. And so now he's the one trying to preach to him. And I thought it was interesting. If you notice, he said, how we choose to fight is just as important as what we fight for, which is what Yoda told him when they met in a vision. So he, this shows that he's actually hearing these people who are trying to teach him lessons, and now he's imparting it to other people. Um, so or that does that just make like. Ezra a poser? <laughs> Such. <laughs> yeah, first he's posing from Aladdin, now he's posing from Yoda. Just a juggalo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if we have any Captain Mustache thoughts. We've talked about that dude so many times, but how Thrawn sets up. Constantine to be like, you should be able to do this with one light freighter. Um, I think Thrawn just wants to get rid of people in upper management that he doesn't like. So he's just like putting them on these suicide missions. If they die, they die, whatever. But speaking of Thrawn, do you have any thoughts about kind of his arc at this point of the episode? Um, I don't know, Tony, if you were ever a big EU fan or if you have any general Thrawn thoughts, how you found him in Rebels or this episode. Um, no, I'm not a um, big EU guy. I tried mm-hmm. when I was younger and I just <laughs> uh, I, I, I still kind of have this problem Even with the newer stuff is like I'll I'll find so many times I'll find out about a new book or something. I'm like, oh, that might be fun. And then. I'll attempt to read it, and mm. I've talked about this with some other people. Of sometimes for me, you take the visuals away from Star Wars, and it just mm. like it's just it really like emphasizes how silly it all is. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. I just kind of have a hard time with the books. So I never really got into the EU too much, but I, I did attempt to read the, uh, the 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 books that he came from, and so I, I knew of him already. Um, and I knew that he was very popular and everything. Um, so I, I was, you know, I thought it was kind of fun that they brought him back for the, for the show. And, um, I did for the most part enjoy Rebels and I liked the addition of his character and, um, yeah, the, the, the episode in general is feels, it's a, it's a little filler to me, mm-hmm. which, which, um, that was what I didn't like about Rebels often was that. Overall, I really enjoyed it, but there are a lot of episodes that are just like filler. And again, it's a kid's show. I don't, whenever mm-hmm. I would, you know, find those kind of episodes, I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be for children. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, yeah. yeah, like I, I think there's a lot of great stuff that this show did, but um, yeah, a lot of just mm-hmm. like I, I, I like it more when it's kind of focusing on the bigger story where this doesn't mm, really feel like yeah. it's doing that so much. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I You're, I absolutely agree. It, it and I found myself like last night. I was watching this in preparation uh, for the podcast, and my wife was watching it with me. And I found myself kept saying to her like, "Oh, this is you know, this is kind of a throwaway episode. Like, it's Rebels is kind of seventy thirty. It's like seventy percent, or maybe it's like sixty forty. It's like sixty percent this kind of kid show, and you know, but forty percent of it is really cool. You just got to wait for those episodes." Yeah, <laughs> and I found myself just kept I was I just kept justifying that <laughs> um, as like this grown man watching this. <laughs> so, but I will say yeah. I do prefer this though to um, even though it's it is kind of a, a filler one, and again as we're saying it's for kids, but like 
it's not too like heavy handed with the kid stuff. It's more just like <laughs> no, filler. No. Because every now and then it does get a little, it gets a little silly and goofy, which is, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, at least it's, it's, it's not uh, overly wacky. Yeah. No, I, I feel like because Rebels has, in season three and season four, as they're meeting, you know, moving towards the end. Um, they definitely have these filler episodes, but they don't necessarily, they've kind of ditched the overly goofy and left that for season one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Yeah. rebels, rebels in general. And I was thinking about this last night feels to me like, as I was, you know, trying to justify why I'm watching this to my wife, it feels like (laughs) when you get a band's album that there's some like serious bangers on it and some other like filler songs and you kind of go in your mind, like this would have made a great EP. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's what Rebels in large feels like to me. Like this would have made the most kick-ass single season, like quick-moving show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah, and I think we we're all in agreement. We've we've talked about this for every season. They they do this. It's you know starts off really high and then it dips and then there's one really good episode and then they go on a long break. It was kind of a frustrating arc for Rebels in general. I remember being really frustrated when I had to wait week to week and then I'd see this episode and be like, oh, geez, let's just get to the good stuff. Mm. There's a little better streaming it now, but yeah, it's it, it's for kids. We have to remind ourselves, but it still doesn't make it that fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> just don't complain like a dick on the internet. There's a, yeah, well, they actually do. It's funny. It's funny. That, it's funny because it's not us. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes us look better. Keep complaining. Um, <laughs> one great thing, a great line. I love once they finally, mm-hmm. um, so the kids, the goof troop, I eat iron Good squad. One. Like is, thank you. Is, uh, like they're going back to rescue Mart. <laughs> Anytime I get to say Mart is <laughs> a win. They're going back to rescue Mart. And, uh, Sato is like, no, I have to do this. I have to go. I should be the one doing this. He goes, I'm going to go. And then Hera interjects and goes, no, I'll go. <laughs> Without second thought, Sato goes, okay. And I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so good. I, it's like, you have my gratitude. Well, my entire crew might be dead, but I have your gratitude. Cool. I love how easily he turns on that. Okay, good call. You go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thanks for putting our top pilots and our best crew at risk to rescue this jerk-ass teenager. Also, another great line. I'm going to jump in. My final favorite line in this yeah. episode is, they're going back. It's... Hera, Kanan, and the other two members of Iron Squadron are in Phantom 2.0. I guess mm-hmm. there's a new Phantom. I yeah. Um and um, <laughs> Hera looks back to the one guy and goes, "You big guy," and that's what she calls him. <laughs> and I love that because there it's not like she just met like 13 people. She just met three people and she can't remember that guy's name. <laughs> yeah. Um and body shames him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like that too um my last note is when this star destroyer shows up at the end this is actually a famous um star destroyer in terms of canon this is the chimera and this is the first time we've seen it this is thrawn's flagship star destroyer and it was first introduced in air to the empire and they brought it here you can't really tell, but it has like a giant Ed Hardy tattoo on the bottom of it. <laughs> That's tight. It's much more prominent in later seasons and in other shots. You can look up if you search Star Wars Chimera, you could see it. It's like a giant like 
So a chimera is a monstrous, a three-headed monstrous creature represented with spider legs, multiple stalked eyes, two serpentine heads perched atop barbed necks. So (laughs) they're no joke. So he's got this logo of a chimera and he painted it on the bottom of his Star Destroyer. And also you'll see his forces later on in the season have that symbol on their uniforms too. So that's like his like branded logo. He's like Guy Fieri. He's like, I'm going to open a restaurant and sell my merch. <laughs> why am, as you're talking, why do I remember that? Oh, first of all, great, great analogies. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Second of all, Chimera, is that where Thrawn is from? Like, why am I no. remembering this name? Where where else is that from? I mean, it's just from the EU. His his ship in the EU is called the Chimera too, it's, and it's like it's an actual Chimera. Chimera is not from it's it's just that creature. It's not from anything else. I think it's like an actual mythological creature. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. Look it's, it up. I I think they just brought it into Star Wars. Okay, it's not a Star Wars thing. Yeah, it's a Greek mythology: the fire breathing female monster with a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. Goat's body. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been Why would you put a lion's head on a goat's body? <laughs> it doesn't sound that scary, actually. No, it doesn't. It sounds like you've made a crappier lion. <laughs> or a better goat. I don't know. Yeah. And a serpent's tail. Like, is that the scariest part of a serpent? Their tail? Well, what is a ser- why what is a serpent? Like, like a snake thing. Yeah, so but so a snake the, the whole a snake is just a tail. A snake is just a tail with eyes. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> so you're just putting a snake on the back of a goat. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Well, maybe this snake has eyes then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm really, I'm just really struggling with what a chimera is. <laughs> I'm gonna call up my some of my Greek friends and be like, Your mythology oh, sucks. Yeah, get them, <laughs> that'll show them. But we love your food, but yeah, so I guess a chimera is a different thing, a different mashup of random creatures in Star Wars, but that's what it's influenced by. It reminds me of Michael Scott from The Office when he's trying to come up with a weird animal to sacrifice. <laughs> the head of a monkey with the antlers of a reindeer with the body of oh, a porcupine. I will do some research. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so those were all of my notes. Did anyone have any other kind of overarching thoughts about the episode in closing any other things they noticed the one other thing i noticed uh i thought for sure would get mentioned is and i think i think it was march that says it (laughs) is uh in kind of their their battle uh and he yells i got him i got him which was (laughs) oh yeah very very luke which isn't that the exact line that luke says on the falcon yeah totally Yeah. yeah So, and that's if I'm remembering exactly this scene. This is when he thinks he blew up Captain Mustache's ship, and then yeah, it turns out it he turns did out. not got him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I did want to bring up because I thought that shot was really cool. The space battles in this, I actually really liked. Sometimes I think they're a little clunky because I think they're trying to model the original, you know, low tech, quote unquote, low tech, yeah. um, kind of action of the first movies. But this is a really cool one. I thought that scene of the star story coming out of the smoke was really cool. I thought, you know, him weaving in and out of the TIE fighters was really cool. And then when Thrones, the Chimera shows up and it's just this big thing blotting out the sky. Those were some really cool things. So kudos to the art direction there. Yeah. 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 I also, my final thought is I love when the, uh, when big guy says he doesn't know <laughs> what evacuation means and then March oh, incorrectly defines it for him. 
What does evacuate mean? It means run away like a coward. Unless you didn't notice, we fight and make the Empire evacuate. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone else think of poop? I'm like so immature, I know that, but I'm just being honest with you. And he was like, oh, I'll make the Empire evacuate. Is that a poop joke? Sounds like a poop reference to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you come here for. Nerdy Easter eggs and poop jokes. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Special surprise. So how we like to end each episode is doing this very silly and arbitrary grading scale where we say our favorite thing in Star Wars right now and our least favorite thing in Star Wars right now and compare it to something for this episode. So Mike, would you like to give an example for our guest and for our audience? My current least favorite thing in Star Wars is just the, um, <clears throat> in general, complete re-release of the trilogy uh, yeah just everything this is an appropriate episode for that yeah just it's a lot of references to the special edition yeah by and large just special editions is my least favorite thing mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and my current most favorite thing in star wars is actually the moment in season three of rebels where um obi-wan lays down darth maul to rest pour one out beautiful yeah so I would put this episode, I'm going to call this episode, and you're going to have to let me explain this, because it's going to sound like it's a really cool thing, but I'm going to explain maybe why it's not, is when um, Luke reconnects with Biggs uh, in A New Hope uh, before kind of the last battle on Yavin, at, uh, at Yavin 4. Um, because in retrospect, that's an amazing moment that I love. Uh, like, I love when that happens now in A New Hope. But originally and kind of like before Star Wars became this phenomena, like that moment feels weird and out of place and there's no connection to it. And it just seems a little odd, right? You don't have any yeah. background. For well, it. they cut out the connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a deleted scene where their buddies on. Tatooine. Yeah, but left it out. And so oh, yeah. totally. I, I guess I was looking for a scale that I was looking for, like some callback to who someone was. So I was trying to get deep with the scale. I don't know if it's working, but <laughs> in in large this theme of our podcast. Yeah, in large <laughs> this episode. If I translated that to like a grade, would be like a C minus, like pretty low. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. you, Peter? How would you put this episode? So my current favorite thing is Ray pulling the lightsaber out of the snow and it whipping by Kylo Ren's face. Nice like choice, a loser. Jeez, mm. oh, I brought tear to my eyes first time I saw it. Um, and my least favorite thing is everything C-3PO has ever done other than in the original trilogy. So any other time he appears makes mm. me roll my eyes. So mm. between those two things, this episode is Dash Rendar in Shadows of the Empire, the Nintendo 64 game, swimming in a giant trash compactor and fighting Dianogus. It was a great game, but that level was so hard <laughs> and it made the story screech to a halt. Oh. And it really scarred me as a kid, and I still have issues. But now we, and plus also now we know Dianogas are sentient. So oh, it I makes know. it it's a so really dark story it. to walk around just murdering all these sentient creatures. Who were stolen, <laughs> who are like basically colonized. Oh, that's yeah. scary. 
Um, but the game still had stuff that I really enjoyed. So it's kind of a mix for me. I also gave it a C minus. Mm-hmm. Tony, what is your scale? Uh, let's see here. My, uh, I would say, should I start with favorite? Yeah. Uh, sure. All right. I think my uh, my favorite current thing in Star Wars is probably the um, the Snoke throne room scene from wow. the Last Jedi, where yep. Ray and Kylo take down all the Praetorian guards. Um, I just I think that scene is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and full then agreement. My least favorite, probably until the day I die. Is <laughs> Jedi rocks? Okay, this is crazy. So we we change our scale every once in a while. That was my exact scale from last season. Yeah, as it was should the throne be. room scene was my favorite oh, okay. thing, and Jedi rocks was my least favorite thing. Nice, nice. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Jedi rocks. I hate it so 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 because I I love uh, Return of the Jedi has a special. A soft spot for me because it's it's the one of the original trilogy that I can remember seeing in the theater, mm. um, and because I'm an old man, and uh, <laughs> um, and I love the Jabba, the the entire Jabba's palace stuff is like some of my favorite stuff, and then so that to throw that in there, I just I hate it so much. Mm. Anyways, mm, yeah, uh, uh, not to get not to go off on that. So uh, I will put this episode then. Um, yeah, I, I guess since uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Star Wars movie that we're still referencing, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna uh, I'll put this episode with basically kind of the entire EU for me mm. uh, because I don't I'm fine with it existing, but it doesn't really do much for me. <laughs> I think there are yeah. some things about it that are cool, but uh, overall, it's kind of like eh. So yeah, like you know, right in the middle, like just let's see. Yeah. 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 Sounds like we're all kind of right right in the same place about this episode. Oh, Mart. (laughs) Oh, Mart. (laughs) I'm going to start saying that in my real life and no one's going to get the reference. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Tony. It was a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm happy to talk Star Wars anytime. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the content you're producing, Star Wars and otherwise. Thank you. So would you like to tell people where they can check you out, where they can check out some of this content? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I first of all, just at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Motion City Soundtrack is uh, doing a tour again next year. Uh, don't the don't call it a comeback tour. Uh, starting on New Year's Eve and uh, going uh, through, like, early February, I think, in the U.S. So check yeah, everyone that go to out. The, everyone go to the Berkeley show. We'll be there. Yeah. No matter where sick. you live. No matter <laughs> where you are, everyone yes. stormed that one show. Yep. Yes. But, yeah, hit us up on Twitter if you're going to go to the Berkeley show. We'll be there, and that'll be fun. We'll bring pins and stuff and give them out to people. If nice. they have, if want to do a meetup, that'd be really fun. Nice. Yeah, um, so yeah. I'll be doing all that. And then, uh, yeah, I also, as you said earlier, I play drums in a band with my wife called Tiny Stills. I play drums in Don't Stop or We'll Die. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, the thing I'm the most excited. Well, I guess I should I should mention on Star Wars related. Uh, I have a Patreon 
Uh, it's patreon.com slash Cloud City Soundtrack, where I write Star Wars songs uh, about different characters. Uh, it's been a weekly thing. Uh, I actually haven't even announced this yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to change it to monthly, I think, mm. because... Things have just gotten too crazy for me, and I'm way too busy to be pulling out these weekly songs these days. You can't um, write one Star Wars song a week? Dude, what's wrong with it's you? It's why. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but that is still a thing, so check that out. Uh, and the, but, but my big thing that I'm excited about right now is my new podcast called Bizarre Albums. Uh, every week, I uh, the episodes are short. They're only about 15 minutes long. Uh, and each episode focuses on a specific album that was released either by like an actor or an athlete oh, or a fictional character. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, and sometimes even like bands like taking a, a sudden change in direction that was like confusing to everyone. So yeah, just each episode kind of tells the story of how and why that record even came to be. And then I go into uh, the actual record itself and like just a lot of clips with like interviews and then song mm-hmm. clips and who worked on these ra- cuz a lot of times when you start going down these rabbit holes you're like yeah. wow a lot of legitimate <laughs> people worked on this really weird record that exists and it's just mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's mind blowing to me and it's just the kind of thing that uh I enjoy nerding out about so I decided to try and make a show about it yes yeah and I'll say too I mean we we've been enjoying it my wife's actually a huge Simpsons fan so we went on a date last night and we listened to the Simpsons sing the blues episode you just released uh-huh nice. it's it's great and the production's great it reminds me of like a really good like a storytelling like npr kind of podcast you really really didn't cut the corners on this one so that's we're enjoying it a lot Thank everyone you. should check it out i'm really enjoying making it so i appreciate still, you saying still that. waiting for the randy savage episode <laughs> oh it's coming Ma- it's macho man randy savage it's on the list there are a lot of wrestling albums uh, yeah. yeah it is on my list and i will i will uh also to keep it on topic I'll make a, a promise to you and your listeners that uh, come Christmas time, there will definitely be a Christmas in the Stars episode. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And maybe if you have a Rebels specific Cloud City uh, soundtrack, maybe a Rebels character or something, we'll close the episode with this one so people can check out the work you're doing with Cloud City soundtrack. Everyone should pop up on that Patreon and check that out as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have too many Rebels songs. Uh, the one, I'll, let me, yeah, let me look through that and let you know because I feel like Perfect. I know there's a Zeb song, but I also think it's kind of one of the worst ones. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it was one of those ones where I was like under the wire, and I was like, I gotta make something, and then I was not exactly the most proud of that one. Perfect. <laughs> well, maybe we'll share Rebels or otherwise, whatever <laughs> DJ Tony Thaxon recommends. All right, Mike, do we have anything to announce? Anything you want to pop up? Hmm check out our Dungeons and Dragons episodes are getting yep. super stupid and super ridiculous. Yep. yep. I'm really having fun with that. And for the rest of us, that is our episode. Do you yeah. want to do the duties, Mike? Yeah. Um, check us out on um, Instagram, Twitter at Rebels Rebels Pod. You can email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Um, and remember, until next time, be brave out there and don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is Peter coming at you one last time. So an update since we recorded this, Tony actually stopped doing Cloud City soundtrack songs for the time being. 
and he is focusing totally on bizarre albums, which is an amazing podcast. I really do enjoy it. He also started producing and is kind of like a sidekick on Andrea Savage's podcast, who is hilarious. And she has some awesome guests. I think I just saw that they had on Paul Rudd. So please check those out. And in the meantime, I do have an old song Tony sent us. This one is about our friend R5D4, which is totally appropriate because of our bucket-headed friend that we met in this episode, R3A3. So without further ado, please enjoy this rad song. And thanks again to Tony Thaxton. R5D4 just got bought, then R5D4 blew himself up. He doesn't want R2 to get caught, so R5D4 blew himself up. just got bought then r5b4 blew himself up he doesn't want r2 to get caught so r5b4 blew himself up Should we say Wookiee? As in Wookiepedia, cause that's what it's called. R5B4 just got bought, then R5B4 blew himself up. He doesn't want R2 to get caught. 